These last few weeks, we've been talking about future aspects of something Jesus calls the kingdom of God, aspects like what's to come and promises God has made and and things that can really serve as an anchor of hope as we look to the future. And and at some level, you really can't talk about the future, about this, this future hope of the kingdom without talking about signs. And so what I want to do today is I want to show you some signs. And we're going to play kind of a little game from home with this. What I'm going to do is I'm going to flash a sign up on the screen, and I'm going to give you five to ten seconds or so, and you have to try to figure out what that sign means. And then after that, we'll come back together and talk it out, and we'll just kind of see how we do. Make sense? All right. Let me show you this sign right here. Take a few. What do you think it means? No one over 30 allowed. No 30 pieces of, what do you got? You think you have something? The sign is actually a road sign. Comes out of the UK, and check this out. I wish in the States we had road sounds like this. It means that the minimum speed is no longer in effect. So, if you were to see this without the slash, it means you have to go at least 10, all right? But if you see it with the slash, it means the minimum speed limit is, or or, yeah, the minimum speed limit is no longer in effect. It might lead you to ask this, so what's a maximum speed limit sign look like? Well, it goes to red like that. But think about it, 30 what? 10 what? 50 what? Kilometers per hour? It's Europe. Miles per hour? It's miles per hour if you're wondering. How'd you do? All right, sign number two. This one comes out of Austria. No cheating, no translating. What are we looking at here? Red donuts ahead. Inner tube crossing. What do you got? You think you have it? Maybe this one hit you a little bit better. Maybe you're seeing mountains in the back and snow. Maybe avalanches are coming to mind. Maybe it reminds you of a do not enter sign here in the States. Actually, what it means is no vehicular entry. So apparently, you can still go that way on foot, on bike, on snowmobile, on dog sled, but no vehicular entry going ahead. How'd you do? All right, third sign. What do you do if you're driving along and you see this? Have you ever seen the no E sign before? No exit? No entry? What do you got? Now, honestly, I tried to remember this one, and I'm going to apologize to my Latino brothers and sisters right now for butchering your language, but the sign comes out of Mexico. Here's what we got on it, all right? No, estacionamiento. Well, that was apparent, wasn't it? No, estacionamiento. What does no estacionamiento mean? No parking. No parking. Let's give it one more twist. Now, one slash is bad enough. What if you see a double? 
This one's actually out of Brazil. So we're dealing with Portuguese now, not Spanish. What does it mean when you see a double E? And can I ask you, could you even figure out that's an E behind all that X in red? It's an E. And if Google Translate is serving me well, it apparently means in Portuguese, empe, which doesn't mean no parking, but instead means, I think, literally no standing, which I think is implied to mean something like no loitering or waiting around or something like that. So here's the question. How'd you do? How'd you do on these? Did, uh, did you find yourself kind of nailing these? Maybe you were familiar with them. Um, or did you rack up $1,000 worth of traffic violations and have your passport seized because you're refusing to pay them overseas? I can show you a lot of signs that are a lot weirder than these. But the ones that I'm going to show you now, because we're familiar with them, we instantaneously know their meaning. But think about it. As I show you these next signs, think about how just untranslatable they would have been to someone who saw them maybe 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. Let me show you. What about this? Got it there, Matt? You see that? What do you got? Instantaneously, you know it's Twitter, even if you don't use Twitter. You know that this little white bird on the blue background or a little blue bird on any other color background is referring to a social media site. But how weird would this be to someone in the 20th century? Someone around the year 2000 who was to see this. How would you ever connect the dots that this equals some kind of social media service where I get to post 280 characters of my favorite thoughts or stupidity that I should keep to myself for all the world to see? You would never make the connection. What does that have to do with birds? How about this? Remember when this one started coming out? I remember the first time I saw this, I'm like, I have, is it like a radar station? Like, what does this mean? Now, most of us hopefully know this symbol by now, but for the uninitiated, of course, it refers to Wi-Fi. But for those of you who are like rolling your eyes at your grandparents right now, do you actually even know what Wi-Fi means? Well, yeah, it means I can like, use internet without cores through the magic of the universe, right? No, no, what does it actually mean? Well, if you don't know what it means, it stands for wireless fidelity. Doesn't really help, does it? But see, we see the symbol, and because we know what it means, well, we know what it means. Let me give you one more. How about this? Out of all of us right now, this has become like the universal sign. I mean, this, this transcends language. For those of you who are like, oh, in your homes right now, it's YouTube, right? But I mean, can you imagine someone in the 1980s seeing this? It's like, oh, yeah, that's like how I kind of like hit play on my VHS, you know, or something like that. And this last one, which you might not know, especially if you're over the age of 25. Well, it remains to be seen if it becomes as universal as the other three, but do you know this one right here? Yeah, I know the 18-year-olds are getting excited at home right now while mom is sitting there going, what, right? It's TikTok, basically vines rebooted. Let's see what happens to it. Now, I wanna talk to you about a commonality 
between all these signs that I've just shown you, whether they were the road signs internationally or whether they're these social media signs that we're using here right now. You don't know what they mean unless you already know what they mean. You follow me on that? If you know what those symbols mean, what they are indicating and telling you to do or warning you against are as clear as day. But if you don't know what they mean, they're in utter mystery. And this should kind of reveal something to you if you think about it a little bit more, is that signs don't teach. Signs don't teach their own meaning. Rather, you have to know a sign's meaning in order to get what the sign is pointing you to out of it. Otherwise, did you find yourself with some of those? Otherwise, it makes no sense. And even if you think you can kind of sort of figure it out and elbow your way through it, the propensity to lead you towards misinterpretation of the sign is probably higher than the odds of getting the right meaning without already knowing it. Guys, the exact same thing is true with signs from God. People, I find, want signs from God. You know, we, we want to know. We want a God who communicates and speaks, and not just a God who speaks in general terms. We want a God who communicates and speaks to me. I want to know what God is saying. I want to know what God is telling me to do. I want to know how God is telling me to proceed. I want to know what God has to say about what I'm seeing or facing or wrestling with. We want signs from God. Now, if we don't want there to be a God, we of course don't want signs from God because of course then we have to kind of like deal with them. But even if we don't believe in God or aren't sure if we believe in God, I think a lot of us still really do want signs, some kind of indicator to know that he's there, that he's active, and that he's active in a personal way, that he knows me, that he's speaking to me, that he sees me, that he's involved in me. Yeah, I think more often than not. We want signs from God. Now, the Bible, it's filled with instances of signs from God. You know, I think of the story of the Exodus. Do you remember this? You've got time on your hands. Go back and watch the Ten Commandments or Ben-Hur or I don't know, whatever those old movies were before I was born. It's a story of God bringing the people of Israel out of Egypt. And, and if you remember anything about the story, be it from old movies or be it from like, like Sunday school as a kid, you might remember there's something called the 10 plagues, right? What's interesting is that if you read Exodus and not just the artistic renditions of it, those plagues are called signs. Signs from God. 
I think of the Old Testament prophets. Left and right, they're giving sign after sign. I think of Isaiah promising King Ahaz this sign of a virgin who will be with child and how that sign serves to Mary and Joseph 800 years later. I think of the prophets like Ezekiel who, oh my gosh, you want to talk about some fun reading. Things where he has to build like miniatures of the city of Jerusalem and set up little like toy soldiers around it and siege works and then take iron pans and smash it down and having to be tied up and lay on his side, catch this for 390 days and then cook his food over his own excrement. Weird signs all over the Bible. I think of Isaiah having to run around in his underwear for three years in the royal court. I mean, just bizarre things that are meant to be indicators. I think of the Gospels where Jesus miracles, what we call miracles, the Gospel writers choose to call signs. And I think of all the signs that Jesus talks about. Signs that he tells his disciples about of his second coming and the way he analogizes them to looking at crops and fig trees and seeing how they produce fruit and when they're ready, of looking at the weather and the sky and and understanding by it how you know what's going to happen soon. The Bible is overflowing with discussions of signs from God. They are left and right everywhere we look, and some see these signs, and they have no clue what they mean. They have no clue what they mean, no matter how spectacular the signs happen to be, no matter how out of the ordinary. They know something is happening, but they have no idea the significance of it or what it points them to, while others see the exact same sign. And from it are able to derive meaning. And they're able to derive meaning because they already know what the sign means. And this is why in the Bible, whenever it talks about signs, the biblical author will always give its meaning. Or the person speaking in the story will always point them towards what it means because signs don't make any sense unless you already know what they mean. I want to give you an example of this. Examples of what I mean by the fact that signs don't teach but rather that you have to know their meaning to already know what they point to. And I want to give you an example with my mother-in-law that happened not too long ago, actually. And my wife's mom, Mary, the most amazing mother-in-law you could ever hope for, got hit with something bad. She, she came into early-onset Alzheimer's dementia, already in her 60s, and it accelerated fast. Before we knew it, she was in a memory care unit with the degradation just going off a cliff, and it was last December, not 2019, but 2018, that God called Mary home. Now, for this to make sense, you need to know something about Mary. She loved birds. Now, I know every grandma loves birds, right? No, no, no. She loved birds. 
I remember her saying on one occasion that if she had nothing else to do, didn't have to go to work, didn't have to occupy with anything else, all she would do all day is read magazines, play her piano, and paint pictures of birds. I want to show you a picture of Mary's tombstone. Take a look at this. On it is etched a bird. Now, her favorite bird is the cardinal, and you can see it etched on her tombstone right there. Now, keep this image in mind with me. It was shortly after a cold winter. And guys, I'm going to pause you because it looks like we're getting some feedback here. All right? How's that? Yeah, that was old, right? It was shortly after we buried Mary. It was December. It was Christmas season. We were here at Fellowship of Faith. It may have been our first Sunday back in the December of 2018. Then I'm walking up to the church at about 7 a.m., and I tend to park out on this side road that we have because of parking space limitations that we wrestle against. And as I'm walking along, I'm looking ahead, and I see this, like, red blob on the ground. kind of catches my eye because, of course, it's a gray morning, and it doesn't seem to fit. I get a little closer... And I start realizing this isn't just some piece of trash or someone who dropped a glove on their way in. It's a cardinal. It kind of catches me by surprise. I, I see it, and I kind of stop, and I'm just like looking at it going, because, you know, you don't normally see a cardinal sitting on the ground in a parking lot, do you? I didn't want to spook it, but at the same time, you see this. you got to get closer, right? So I start coming closer, and I realize he's not injured at least not in any apparent kind of way. He's not dead. He's just kind of sitting there, alert, and looking at me. He lets me move closer. He doesn't move. He doesn't flutter his wings. He doesn't get upset. He doesn't start dancing around. He just kind of looks up and gives me that little, you know, bird head nod. He lets me get closer. He lets me pet him without fighting me, without resisting, without fleeing. It was the absolute strangest, out-of-the-ordinary thing. I had to get in. We had things to prepare for, but he, he stayed on my mind through those initial rounds, and I wanted to make sure that no one else would hurt him or no one else that came would maybe accidentally run over him or something like that. So just a little bit later, after I got things set up, I went back outside again. He's gone. And not gone like there's this pile of red feathers laying there like some cat got him or, you know, something like that. I mean, he, he just flew away. Let me ask you this morning, Was that a sign? Was that a sign of some kind in a time of grief and loss 
knowing that Mary was in God's hands, that Mary was okay. You bet it was. But let me explain to you why and what I mean. Look at this bird. This bird is not what most people want to make a sign out who don't know what stands behind. This bird is not my mother-in-law. Mary did not come from heaven to come fly on me. Nor is this bird meant to indicate all kinds of other things that are wishful thinking or that I might want or false assurances or, or slimly held onto hopes that I might be grasping at. No, it's a sign. It's a reminder because that's what a sign is. This bird taught me nothing. But it reminded me of a whole lot. It reminded me that there's a God that God is good, that God is powerful, and that God is in control of his creation. It reminded me that God loves his world and God loves Mary. And the present tense is intentional. It reminded me that Jesus died for Mary, that Jesus promised a hope for Mary, that Jesus gives us a future filled with Heaven in his midst after we die and a resurrection to come after he returns. It reminded me that I can trust God even in my darkest times of grief. It reminded me that I know that God has my family and that while I can be there for them, it is not up to me to get them through because God will. Did this bird teach me those things? No, I already knew them. I already knew them because God has spoken about all of those things plainly. See, I already knew the meaning, the truth. I just needed to be reminded of it. And that's what signs do. They remind us of something that God has already told you. And when you start seeing the world that way, signs are everywhere. I think of what the prophets say, how the earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord. And as surely as the earth is filled with the glory of the Lord, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will fill it. That all around, God has given us indicators Signs, pointers, ways to remember that he's active on the scene, that he proves to be faithful, that he's merciful and just and good. We know that because Jesus taught that. We know that because the prophets spoke that. We know that because the scriptures unfold it. But without knowing what the scriptures unfold, the signs will remain forever. Curiosities at best. False leads at worst. But when you know what God has told you, you'll see his fingerprint everywhere indicators of the positive things he's promised you, of his goodness, 
his mercy, his involvement, that the creator is also the sustainer and that he is coming again. It'll warn you from the things of difficulty, the decay and corruption of sin, what it can do to you and those that you love, the consequence of our actions in this world, the need we have for the restoration of the brokenness of who we are, the need of God to fix it. Reminders of salvation, reminders of forgiveness, reminders of mercy, reminders that God says, I love you. I see you. I want you. Ah, when you know what God has already said. You can open your eyes and see signs all around. And see, that's what God does with signs. It's not just something back then. It's something he still does today. Daring us to look at the world around us, to slow down just long enough or pay attention, to get intentional about looking for him. And when we see things, to let them be reminders of who he is and what he said. And that's why it's so important to know what God has said to you. Never give up on that. Get into it. Dig in. Learn more about the promises and hopes and assurances that God has already made to you. Because I promise you this, man, we get so easily distracted. And it gets so easy to learn something and tuck it back here and never think of it again. And that's why God sends signs. To grab our attention. And point us back to him. So may God reveal himself to you, communicate to you, and may you see pointers of him in big and little things, and may it bring up within you the hopes and promises of the future that he has made. Let God speak in that way.